0: Hello and welcome to Powerhouse Politics from ABC News. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl,
1: And I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein.
0: We're just back from Cleveland, fresh off a trip to the Republican National Convention. And what a week it was. Donald Trump, Rick, we can say it now, is the Republican nominee for president. You can
1: say it and you can believe it and you can digest it. And it comes after a, a hot mess of a convention, a meandering series of speeches and storylines and a plagiarism scandal and a delegate revolt. Uh, and then one of the darkest, gloomiest, grimmest acceptance speeches that you'll ever hear in American politics, the longest acceptance speech. And as far as we know, in American history, delivered by Donald J. Trump, who, for Boy. all the showmanship, ended up putting on a pretty normal show.
0: Boy, Rick, you sound kind of dark and gloomy about the uh, Republican convention. I, I, we're going to have to talk that over. But first, <laughs> let, let me remind everybody you can subscribe to us on iTunes, also on Stitch Radio and tune in. Uh, so tell your friends about us. Tweet about us. Give us a rating. We appreciate the feedback. So we've got a special episode this week. The entire political world, at least on the Republican side, was in Cleveland. I caught up with some delegates in the Texas delegation right after Ted Cruz gave that, well, that interesting speech and and, and got booed off the stage of the convention. Some very interesting uh, reaction from the hometown Texas delegation. And we're also going to talk to the great John Santucci. Tell tell him who John Santucci is, will you, Rick?
1: Well, he, he he is the answer to the question who has been to more Donald Trump rallies than anyone not on the Trump payroll because he is our uh, ABC News uh, off air reporter, our embed reporter covering the Donald Trump campaign. So he can answer questions about what it's really like to be part of the, the traveling road show. He has been covering this campaign for four hundred days. Santucci uh, was there when when, when Trump
0: came down the elevator.
1: That's right. When he came down the escalator, John. Escalator. I'm sorry. The escalator. The
0: escalator.
1: Yes. When he was there, he was there on the stage. Um. Right when, right off stage, when uh, when the when the speech uh, accepting the nomination was given, Uh, and of course he's there right now today uh, with this very strange event that uh that uh, Donald Trump has had his first full press conference as the nominee, where he's used it to attack Ted Cruz of all people. He's back fighting the primaries even at this late stage
0: yeah it's incredible this is uh uh Donald Trump right after winning the nomination, accepting the nomination, and he's reigniting his battle with Ted cruz but before we get to that, Rick, you offered a very uh-, gl- uh, uh dim assessment of the convention Let me offer a little bit of a counter argument and just in just and just see how this plays out uh first of all uh Donald Trump gave uh a very disciplined speech, uh, it was a speech that in some ways looked a little big tent when you consider the way he talked about um, LGBTQ uh, rights, and uh, when it was applauded, he re, you know he said, "I think it's great as a Republican to see you all applauding uh, the idea of gay rights. Uh, he also um, you know faced with those chants of lock her up, lock her up about Hillary Clinton. He calmed the crowd down for a moment and said, "No, let's defeat her." Uh, You know, this was uh, this was he had, you know, it was a long speech. I'll give you that. But more than that, we heard from four Trump children who did a uh, did a pretty, pretty good job of of, uh, humanizing their father. And I gave some of the most effective I mean, clearly the most effective speeches I've seen by the uh, the children of 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 a nominee.
1: Yes, and I think, I think he, he humanized us all so that he could remind us about what a terrible country it is that 's what I was usually you, you you think about vision, you think about big optimism, uh, sh- shining cities and and yes, we can at acceptance speeches. but this didn 't have any of that and, but look, it was a dark speech i 'll give you that,
0: but, but rick seventy two percent was it in our last poll. I think the country is off track, track, wrong track, and people think the country is going seriously in the wrong direction. A clear majority of people think the country is going in the wrong direction, and you know we we may look back at this and say that he uh, that he captured that mood. Now I'm, you know, partly I'm playing devil's advocate with you here a little bit, but I, I I think there's another side to this. This was a dark speech it was not ronald reagan uh, they told us in advance that that they would be uh the model here was actually richard nixon in 1968 when he came out and talked to law and order and talked to uh, uh, to the forgotten americans you know we would later call them the silent majority and he, you know there, there were race riots in the cities there were huge anti-war protests we had just seen the assassinations of king and kennedy um so it was a very you know, a different time than it is now. But that that was the model. And I think that the Trump people would, would, would argue that we're in a pretty dark time now. Look what's happened since he clinched the nomination. We've had uh, terrorist attacks in Istanbul and Nice. We had the horrific uh, attack in Orlando. We had the police shootings in Baton Rouge and Dallas. Uh, we had the shootings by police in Minnesota and Baton Rouge. I mean, it's been a pretty he, you know he's he's talking at a time that's uh you know to, to a lot of people uh looks pretty grim
1: no and that's key to understanding his appeal and, and the the frustrations that people have he's channeled them i i was struck by how personal his speech was how personal the convention was he, he really set himself up as literally the only person in his words who can take on these challenges um i look i i i guess i was I was surprised by a lot of things at this convention. Uh, you know, I was surprised by the lack of star power, the lack of kind of big production values. I think uh, it, it got a little more disciplined as the week got on. I, but people remember a series of moments. I think the moments from this one will be the plagiarism scandal. Uh, the, the The Ted Cruz uh, uh, attack really uh, at, at a Trump convention, deciding he won't endorse and then and then the fact that this was the longest and grimmest speech in the history of, of, of conventions. But none of that means it'll hurt Donald Trump and, and all of it is to say that it could help because I think you, you make a, a very important point about, uh, him connecting with his base and this being a base election. And uh, there's a lot of folks who do think that this is the most dangerous time in, in their lifetimes and that uh, these threats are are mounting at home and abroad.
0: You know, the Ivanka speech as the introduction to her father before that long, and I, and I agree, uh, largely a very dark speech, but Ivanka's speech couldn't have been more different it was I don't know if you caught this, uh but uh Mike Murphy, who of course uh ran the Jeb Bush super PAC and has been about as strong a critic of Donald Trump as anybody uh remarked uh, just as she was finishing up, I think I'm going to write in Ivanka Trump <laughs> you know i mean he found it <laughs> yeah. he found a trump he might actually be able to support, but you saw her talk about. You know, it sounded like uh, family and uh, medical leave. Um, she didn't quite label it that way, but uh, she talked about uh, affordable childcare. Uh, she talked about uh, equal pay for, uh, for women. It sounded like, you know, aside from her, the biographical stuff she said about her father, it sounded like the kind of speech we could see and we could hear in Philadelphia at the Democratic Convention. Oh.
1: I think almost every line in that speech would have been cheered in Philadelphia, except for the ones that included the word Trump. Whenever he was, she was talking about policy, uh, th- th- those, were, those were liberal things. But, but what did they chant at this convention? John, did you remember hear chants of equal pay, equal pay, equal pay? I don't remember hearing that. I, I don't know. It was something
0: up. like that. What, what was it? He was.
1: Yeah, it... <laughs> lock her up was. The oh, new, OK. Uh, I'm yeah, right, 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 right. pretty sure it was. Um, so, look, I, I, the flip side of that is I think there is a positive, optimistic way to describe Trumpism and the more inclusive and, uh, you know, fighting for youth themes that Trump has has won with uh, couldn't work in the way that Ivanka decided to present them. But the way that her dad presented them largely in large part uh, at that speech uh, was was similar to the way that he's presenting it all year, which is to say this is about uh, a Muslim ban and, and a big old beautiful wall and canceling trade agreements and just a, a bellicose bluster of uh, of a candidate. And and that's but that's but, you know, but, but look what he did.
0: From him. Yes. But 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 look what he did. And, and I agree we could we could imagine an alternative universe where Trump makes the critique about what's wrong with the country makes his critique of Hillary Clinton harsh, dark, but then says, you know, we are going to rebuild America. Uh, we are going to rebuild our crumbling. And, and he did this to, to a degree, but it, it wasn't the emphasis. And and, 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 right. and the whole point, make America great again. But if he could have if he could have had a little bit more of an emphasis on that, I agree. That's, that's an interesting universe to live in. But what did he do? He didn't use that. There was no name calling. You know, gone, at right. least in this venue, was, uh, you know, the crooked Hillary. He didn't talk about Mexico paying for his wall, and the Muslim ban is gone. The Muslim ban is gone. Now, it's replaced by, you know, a a, a ban on immigration <clears throat> from—it's um, it, tied to more territorial that will be tied largely to Muslim countries or Muslim-dominant countries. But it is no longer the pure religious test that virtually everybody found uh, offensive uh, on the Republican side as well as, you know, everybody else. So— you know, in some ways, he did say there was a message that you know. I mean, I think part of the message again is this is a guy who actually wants to win. Yes,
1: I, um, I agree with that. I think the Pence choice was part of that too. I mean, that that was this was a grown up candidate and discipline. I, I one of the moments to me of the convention speech was when you, when when that when the locker up chance started. And it, you know he loves the give and take with the crowd. And there were a couple times where there were USA, USA chants, and he went along. Did Donald Trump start to say lock her up? No, he stood there. He he soaked it in for a moment. You could you could you could see the wheels turning, and he said, "Let's defeat her in November." And yeah, the crowd and, ate and, that and, one. And, up that, and that
0: was that was tamping that down. And and that's a sense that that he understands that, you know. Um, there may be a lot of people in that hall that want to lock up Hillary Clinton. Uh, but that's not exactly a way to appeal to swing voters. Um, that's right. People that are on the fence. One um, uh, one other thing, Rick, that struck me, and before we get to our uh, discussion with the Texas delegation and, and the whole Ted Cruz uh, affair, uh, one thing that struck me is that this was a candidate that won the evangelical vote. We talked about how he loved evangelicals. Jerry Falwell Jr., you know, was 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 there with him sure. from an early on. And their issues, Planned Parenthood, abortion, um, transgender bathrooms, gay marriage, traditional family values, those issues disappeared. Disappeared from this
1: convention. uh, Stunning. They disappeared from the convention. They disappeared uh, from his speech entirely. There was no mention of abortion. There was no no mention of gay marriage.
0: I I I know. And and Peter Thiel explicitly saying uh, in prime time. Explicitly saying that those battles need to be pushed aside, that they're distractions. The, you know, there, there's a whole segment of this party that we've always thought, you know, lived and died over those issues, the, the the culture wars, and they're gone. Boom. They're
1: gone, and and Oof. and, and the, you know, again, you can make the flip side argument on this and talk about a generation of voters that might feel like the party's out of touch because of their positions on marriage um, and, uh, and, uh, and gay rights. And maybe they're listening to this. And the fact that Donald Trump mentioned LGBTQ was the first Republican nominee to ever do so in an acceptance speech, uh, that that's powerful, has the potential to, to have some real power. You need to follow it up with something. You need to, you need to have some sustainability around it, but you're right. I mean, there were so many things remarkable, you know, that conservatism has been replaced by Trumpism. That's what you, the takeaway is that you can't look for ideology in this. It's personality.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, But what about the uh, what about the Ted Cruz? (laughs) I mean, whoa! I mean, wow! You know, okay. I'm going to make an admission here. Okay, Uh, when when as it happened, I saw exactly what he was doing, and it was a gamble. You know, clearly he he thinks that Donald Trump is going to go down. Republicans are going to lose big in November. And he wanted to have a moment where uh, some scattered booze at a convention would be a good thing, because he could say, "I warned against it." I, not only did I not, not endorse, right. I went there and I told truth. Um, and look, this is a guy that loves to be vilified uh, if it's vilified for standing up for some kind of a larger principle. But I think uh, you know, it's it's hard to see how it's not a not in, in the wake of all of this, it's hard to see how it's not a huge huge miscalculation.
1: I don't know that we know that, John. I, 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 think, I think he was not prepared for quite as much fallout as there, as there was. But think through the scenario where Trump loses. What does Ted Cruz do next? Yes, there are going to be people that are upset that he didn't didn't support. But there's also going to be a lot of people who say he wasn't a true conservative. The real problem was that we made a mistake in the primaries. He hijacked the process. He was a Clinton buddy who pretended to be a conservative, a showman, a charlatan. Uh, You know, bully, all those things. Uh, and, And who was there fighting the fight? There's a strain. And you ran into these delegates on the floor of the convention, I know as well. There's a strain of conservative purists that might say, you know what, I want the guy who did it. Now, I think for now they're outnumbered by the folks who say Cruz just knifed the party in the back. Uh, and, 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 I think support for Cruz probably hurt, got hurt in the short term, but at the longer term story of, uh, of, 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 Ted Cruz. And this is a guy that, that knows politics. He's a savvy operator. I'm not, I'm not convinced still that this
0: was a mistake, but there were other ways to do it. You could have done the John Kasich approach, which is simply not to go. Yeah. Um, you know, you could have phoned it in <laughs> like, uh, like, like Rubio, <laughs> like <did>. Rubio? <laughs> um, you could have been, uh, you, you could have. Made it explicit that you're not supporting him, and and just stood on the outside. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I agree with you. We we we, we don't know, and and it, and it all depends. I mean, do uh, does, does Donald Trump ride to victory? Is it, is it is it a close race, or is this a massive Republican bloodletting? Um, and then you know uh, he'll have a, his "I told you so" a moment. But but let's let's go. I want to set this up. I went uh, to to the uh, Texas delegation's breakfast the morning after Cruz's speech. Cruz appeared there. Uh, you've seen the the, the coverage of, of that appearance. He was he was asked some very harsh questions. Uh, he was heckled. Uh, there were some supporters in that delegation. But this is his home state delegation. These are his people. And uh, the, he definitely had, you know, there were definitely people defending what he did there and, and, and horrified by, by Trump. But, man, did it arouse some passions. So we went. I went and talked to a bunch of these folks, and they started, you know, fighting amongst themselves even as I was interviewing them. So I want to play a little uh, section of this uh, fascinating discussion with Texas delegates right after Ted Cruz gave that speech.
2: He just proved himself to not be worthy of my action back then, and he will never be president. I will campaign against him because all he was doing Was helping Hillary Clinton, and he's a liar. He's a liar.
3: This is like if there's an engagement, and your your guy that you're going to marry goes out and does these things that is abomination to your vows that you're going to take. Then you have a right to reject that person and not marry him. So this is well. All right.
0: He should recuse himself.
3: He, he was asked to come. He didn't re- he said vote your conscience. He admitted
0: it was
2: personal. He admitted it was personal. It Extreme is personal. Division. It's
3: personal to me because of what Donald Trump did to Ted's family and his father. It was it, it, and he won't People he will talk about not my ask my family for and I didn't cry
2: about it. I grew up. Okay? That's he's not, he's that's got that's an not obligation. It. People so, talk about my family no, no, and I get over it. I'm tough. Uh, well, it was all through know, the said campaign. You should forgive he can
3: forgive, but he does not have to endorse. Well, first to of all, endorse, that's another thing he To twisted. endorse is support he said, of.
2: He made it sound like cannot, everybody I who disagrees with him
0: is, is, traitor. is traitor. So, a traitor. So. An amoral person. So you think he did the right thing? You think Ted Cruz did the right he thing? He did
3: the right thing. He congratulated the nominee. He told the West people Texas? to vote their conscience. Oh, I mean, I'm a Christian first before I am a Republican.
0: And if
3: we do not have a candidate that stands for our platform,
0: so who are you going to vote for? Trump's I have you know not what? decided. I,
3: I, I will. As I as will, will not stay and home. And I, would do I because even because phone bank for Romney. I had people tell and me and they cannot even vote even for the Mormon. Declaration of Independence
2: before liberty, and right that's life. And right now we have a binary choice about what party I'm not saying i Right now, I'm
3: voting my conscience. I will vote. I will. I will vote for all the candidates on the ticket and ballot.
2: I'm just going to write Senator Chris's right name now, in there.
3: I cannot vote for the, the lesser of two evils. We, know, is,
2: we right know what Hillary is, but we do not know
3: what Trump is. In Georgia, the president president, choose, the so in the GOP, they have the Trump bust on their Supreme table. Court. I will not bow and to the golden his, image. His,
2: I believe that
0: so, so you may you may write in Ted Cruz.
3: I'm going to vote. And we don't know what's going to happen
2: in these next months that's coming.
3: We have been intimidated by the Trump supporters,
0: arm twisted.
3: You either that's get on board or you get, get out. out. Is that the Republican no, Party
0: This party's going to be divided for some so so time. So huh? Well, because
2: you know, a party part. is a group of people <laughs> that all agree. And so, you know, to say that the party's divided. But <laughs> well, everybody agrees here. Well, it's Texas delegation. They're really into Cruz, and I understand that. I want Ted Cruz and Donald Trump to hug it out. I'd love to see Cruz on the Supreme Court. But right now, I believe what he's doing is wrong and uh, I I think he's making a political mistake he says you know and he's making a principled mistake personally because I believe as I said I don't know if you were listening but he talks about liberty a lot and and that's that's the second principle mentioned in the Declaration of Independence the first one is life and right now there is a binary choice between two parties one that supports life and one that doesn't and to me ending abortion is is the most important issue that's what's heartbreaking to me and to see Ted Cruz miss an opportunity to support the party strongly that supports life is upsetting and very disappointing for someone who acts very principled and and very moral I think it's 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 a wrong way to do it
0: there's some passions there Rick some real some real passions, and you know we so much in politics is scripted uh even in this crazy campaign this was. This was an entirely, this was real, raw emotion. I have to say, I heard that phrase a lot. I'm sure you did, too, in Cleveland. Binary choice. Binary yeah. choice. That doesn't exactly uh, seem like a, um, like a rallying cry. I, I don't go right, into battle right. behind somebody yelling, binary choice! It's a binary choice!
1: Or as, or as Chris Christie said, chicken or fish. Uh, uh, you know, what if you want steak? Uh, what if you're a vegetarian? <laughs> there's, there's some other options.
0: All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, you'll hear our interview with John Santucci, our man on the Donald Trump campaign. Hey, think fast. Hey, what's this? The solution for your pain. care Pain Patch? Yep, the only non-water-based
2: patch on the market blocks pain for up to eight hours. So it gives me eight hours of pain relief and stays dry? That's right. It's patent-pending technology, so it really is one of a kind. Says here it's odor-free, ultra-flexible, dry, and light. The Care Pain Patch, from the makers of Blue Emu. For long-lasting relief, you can wear. Available at CVS.
1: And we are honored to be joined on Powerhouse Politics by the toughest booking in the business or the <laughs> toughest booker in the business, John Santucci, who has been covering Donald Trump for, what, about 400 days, give a or little, take?
4: A little over 400 days, give or take, pretty close.
1: So, We're getting there. So those, for those who don't know, uh, the, the, the networks, uh, including ABC News, have a, have a grand tradition of the, the off-air, sometimes called the embeds, these uh, reporters who are digital journalists, all-purpose uh, writers, filmers, bookers, producers, on-camera, off-camera, jacks-of-all-trades, who basically, for the length of a campaign, give their lives over to this. So, so when, when people ask you, what is life on the road like with
4: Donald Trump and the Donald Trump campaign, what's, what's the answer, John? It's never boring. Never boring. I I, I mean, you you think of every day covering this campaign, every second. It's, you know, whether you're going to a rally, whether he's tweeting. I I mean, it doesn't end. That's the whole thing covering the Trump campaign. There is not one dull moment. You know, there's so many moments when uh, I, I finally say, okay, he's done for the day. Get into bed. Put the phone down. Flip it over. And then all of a sudden, beep oh, he's tweeting. Up oh, there's another tweet. Oh, there's one more. It, it, it's just a never-ending thing. But then when you go to these rallies and you see these crowds, and, and one of the great things that we did early on um, is you know, letting people go to different events. You know, I had gone and seen Hillary Clinton. I had yeah. gone and seen Ted Cruz. The crowds, it's so different. I, I mean, I would go to a Trump event and, and you would almost say to yourself, well, this is the norm. And then you go to a Ted Cruz, it's Oh, okay. Five hundred versus five thousand. A little okay, bit different. Got it. Yeah, a little different. So,
1: what what is the crowd like at this convention
4: compared to some of the more raucous, boisterous rallies that you've been to? I, I don't think these people have ever been to a Trump rally. I mean really? Just when you go in, you you don't feel that same electric energy. I mean, I, I've seen people making. You uh, mean you tr- mean the rallies have more? The rallies, el- yeah, yeah, yeah. The rallies. When you go in, you know, you have people uh, that are head to toe in, in Trump hats, scarves. Uh, uh, I saw a woman once who had. Uh, Uh, different cutouts of Trump's faces built into a dress. (laughs) But then here, it's just so much more subdued, calm. I mean, I think last night, you know, when we saw on Wednesday night the booing um, of Ted Cruz, started by the New York delegation, that was the first time I said to myself, oh, this looks familiar, (laughs) because you saw that that fire in the crowd. The Trump convention looked like a Trump rally. Yeah, a
1: little bit. So uh, when when Trump was out here a little while ago, we're speaking here on Thursday afternoon, before the big speech, he did his mic check, and— and he, he went out and told the world uh, in one of those, uh, Reagan, the bombing is about to commence moments. I love the media. You're all such odd. On- and, 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 and then he
4: said, "I had to say that one time. I had to say it one time. And, you know, and it's funny too. Just on, on that, you know, the evolution that he's gone through on the media. You know, he gives percentages along the way. It'll be, you know, seventy percent are terrible, twenty percent are okay, ten percent are great. That five percent is amazing. <laughs> and, and now where we are lately is ninety-six percent is terrible, four percent. Eh, you're not that bad. It's just it's funny where that argument is going. Like the percentages him. go up and yeah, down with the polls, it, it, all over the place.
1: But what's the real answer about his relationship with the press?" The folks who travel with him all the time. Sure. Obviously, he knows you well at this point. Yep. You've, you've been to hundreds of his events. I have to think you've been part of, you know, do- literally dozens of interviews that he's that he's conducted. When he sees you, is it warm, is it cordial, are you, are you part of the bad guys you know, or the good guys? You know,
4: it's funny, you know what, I, I, and I say this to anyone that asks me, would, would, I, would I get my relationship with him one-on-one, I've never had a bad interaction with him. You know, he'll, yeah. he'll say things to me like, oh, you know, your coverage wasn't that nice tonight, John, right. or something like that. But usually, you know, when we first started to get to know each other, you know, he would walk past me and all of a sudden he'd hit me. he just sort of punch me in the arm. And then he would come, but just back like in a bro, and, sort yeah, of way. and exactly yeah. in a friendly way, not nasty. And now he's trying to knock me out, right? But then other times, you know, he would say, "God, this little camera you follow me on this really covers me. This really works." I said, "No, it's great." And, and then, oddly enough, you know, now that we follow him around and he would go to diners and events, you know, he would tell his staff, "You know, John's little camera does better sometimes than these big cameras." You know, he he's very much in intuned uh, to what's going on in the press. He reads everything. Yeah, he watches everything. He's such a creature of the media. Absolutely. I mean, somebody wants. Said that he knows our business better than we do. Yeah. And I think that's truly, absolutely positively true. I yeah. mean, you, you see the way that he's engaged um, with the press and knows what's going on. I mean, he, he jokes, and he's not kidding, but he jokes, uh, you know, Melania has TiVo ready for me. He's not kidding. There is TiVo on that plane. I've seen him use it, where he'll go back and I, watch I them. picture VHS tapes somehow, but no. <laughs> no, no, no. He's got this nice little touchscreen system. Very Someone fancy. set it up. Good for him. Yeah.
1: So l- let's talk about the family. You mentioned Melania. Yeah. This has been a Trump family
4: convention. Every right? night there's yeah. been a Trump speaking. More than one a night sometimes. Sometimes two. Yeah. And I think for them, you know, he values that family yeah. so much. That That's just not, you know, oh, that's my daughter, that's my son. They are his closest advisors. They are his most trusted business partners. And I've seen it, you know, when we've had, you know, meetings with him and conversation as his kids walk in, they take over the room and he sits back. You know, it's not that situation where, you know, watch dad lead. He is, you know, loving when they step in and take command. And just to see him last night, when we saw him Wednesday night in the hall watching Eric, I just kept my eye on him. I was watching Eric, but I was watching him. And watching him look at his son, wasn't turning to anybody, wasn't talking to anybody, just focused. It was truly amazing just to say, wow, the connection he has there. It's really – it's something he has for his kids. Well, you got to admire uh, it.
1: Let's, I want to talk about that, a, that connection for a moment because – for the three older kids, uh, he's been through two wives since their mother. Right. He is admitted to not being the best of family guys. Yep. He travels a lot. He's very involved in his business activities. Uh, he's admitted to not being faithful to, in, in his marriages. What,
4: how, what kind of dad must he have been and does he continue to be to the three older ones, the three grown ones who are so involved in the campaign? Tough. I mean, sometimes, you know, when, when I'm trying to get an interview for ABC and it's a struggle and, and he'll push back on me to my face, you know, I'll I'll see one of his kids, especially his sons. And they'll say, look, you know, our father, you, you know, no. he's a tough guy. You know, then the kids always talk about this. They, you know, didn't spend Saturday mornings watching cartoons with dad or throwing around a baseball. They would go to construction sites <laughs> just to see if concrete was laid correctly or go to a mason yard and, you know, pick out a good slab of, of uh, granite, you know. That was their lives, but they don't seem to have a problem with that. You know, there doesn't seem to be any problems. Obviously, the kids have never uh, done anything bad or harmful. It, it does really seem uh, like there's a, a method there to his madness that they came out okay
1: finally john your impressions of the trump convention I, I think a lot of folks are expecting a huge spectacle a show this has struck me as rather conventional so far
4: yeah i mean and, and i think for him too you know he had built this up as a very glitzy uh showy uh can't wait to see it uh type of event his campaign staff uh several months ago said to us well he's going to be very involved in the convention this will be a big production i think it's been anything but that yeah. and, and, and i don't really blame him i think that Think about where the campaign has gone over the last uh, several weeks here. We saw a major shakeup just around a month ago of firing uh, his original campaign manager, promoting other people. Uh, We've seen some struggles along the way. It's unfortunate, but it does still seem like... Uh, it's not even fine-tuning the machine. It feels like the machine's not even completed being built <laughs> It's sometimes. being built along the way sometimes. And, yeah. and that's, that's unfortunate because, yeah. you know, they do – for every good moment they have, they have those problems. Melania had a great night right. on Monday night. Everyone walked off saying, wow, she did a great speech. And obviously there was a situation there where there was, uh, you know, uh, not doing the right job, not going that extra length to double-check uh, the actual context of the speech. That was an unfortunate mistake. Now, would that have been better with more staff, more procedures? Probably. But it's over now when we go on to the next. And finally, John, what do you plan to do with all the miles and the points that you've accumulated? Oh, well, I, I would say we're going to run away somewhere immediately uh, and, and just you know, spend them all furiously. But I'm actually getting married at the end. Yeah. So uh, my Which st- is its own miracle. It, it is. And she hasn't left me yet. But my soon-to-be wife, uh, you know, she makes sure, John, you're flying Delta, right? I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah why, Maria? Well, you know, they, they go to St. Lucia, John. We <laughs> need to focus on Delta. So. She's got me in check. I, I know right. what I'm
1: doing. We'll see, we'll see you in St. Lucia then. Uh,
4: John Santucci doing a fantastic
1: job for us at ABC News covering Donald Trump. Not an easy feat, not an easy time, and you look
4: surprisingly well-rested for this. I, don't uh, know. I, I, I was on GMA earlier. I had makeup, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well done. Thanks, John. Thanks, Rick.
1: Good luck to John Santucci of ABC News following the Trump campaign around the country. And I just wanted to quickly tell you about our one-stop shop for all of our ABC News podcasts, abcnewspodcasts.com. Head over there, listen to all of our shows, and subscribe to the
0: ones you like. All right. That'll do it for this week's edition of Powerhouse Politics. Please take a moment to rate the show on iTunes and write a review. Tell us what you think. If you like the podcast, tell your friends about us. You can also tweet to us at hashtag powerhousepolitics.com. And don't forget, you can check out a bunch of ABC News podcasts by going to abcnewspodcast.com. We'll be coming to you next week from Philadelphia and the Democratic National Convention. We'll talk to you then. For Rick Klein, I'm ABC's Jonathan Carl. We'll talk to you next week.